Hello and welcome to Music and Global Context Podcast. I'm Natalie Heller. And I'm Claire Porter. And today we're hearing from David Pendleton, a ventriloquist based in Fishers, Indiana. He has performed countless shows all over the world from Amish country to Albania and everywhere in between. Musical numbers play an important role in his act with songs ranging from American folk music to show tunes. David, tell us how you got started. Where did you learn ventriloquism? So I started learning ventriloquism when I was about six years old. I had a record album that taught me how to do it, made by Jimmy Nelson uh, back in the 60s. Uh, it was called Instant Ventriloquism by Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy uh, was, a, at that time, a fairly well-known, famous ventriloquist who had a character named Danny O'Day, and he also had a dog character named Farfel. They were most known for their commercials they did for Nestle's. And it was actually a little jingle that they would sing. So capitalizing on that um, notoriety, uh, Jimmy Nelson made a record album uh, that really spawned a whole new generation of ventriloquists. That are in my age range would point to Jimmy Nelson as being the one that taught them ventriloquism. So I started learning that, um, just the basic techniques of ventriloquism. What is your musical background? And where did you learn to sing? Music was always something that I enjoyed. I, I did a little bit of um, community theater when I was uh, in elementary school. Uh, and then when I was in high school, I actually did some musical theater. You know, we had the traditional spring musicals mm -hmm. that happened in our high school. And it was this... Um, Oklahoma and uh, Guys and Dolls and you know so I auditioned for some of those roles and um, I was also in the choir uh, in high school and um, so I, I had a knack I guess for at least being able to sing or hold a tune. Um, thankfully I didn't inherit my father's talent for music. My father is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> And we laugh about it every year because he calls me up and sings happy birthday to me. And, you know, the old joke about, you know, he doesn't sing in the notes, he sings in the cracks. Uh, you know, it's it, it's really that bad. Uh, you know, he finds notes that nobody else in the world you know, has, has, has ever found. So um, my mother was a singer. I mean, she enjoyed singing um, and... Um, her mother, who I talked about, Aunt Tilly, mm -hmm. you know, teaching me Silver Threads Among the Gold, was also a singer. So, you know, I was trained like a lot of people growing up. Uh, when I say a lot of people, in other words, not like formal training. So what I mean by that is more, you know, choir and plays and things like that. And um, performing was just something that I've always done. And my act evolved over time as I got older. Tell us a little bit about the musical numbers in your show. So, uh, yes, I do use musical elements in my show. Um, all of the characters actually sing at some point. Uh, there's a song that I do, especially for family audiences, uh, that is lifted right out of a Broadway show. Um, Barnum. So at the show Barnum, there was an, uh, a song in it that is sung by General Thumb, uh, and it's, it's called Bigger Isn't Better. 
So it kind of fits, you know, because obviously Mac is this little little guy on my knee. Uh, and um, the other thing that I draw attention to with respect to this is um, that because I kind of object a little bit when Mac suggests that he's going to sing it, because there is a lot of bees in that song. <laughs> Bigger isn't better uh, than in any time there's bees or P's or M's. You know, these are all challenging uh, sounds for a ventriloquist to do or to form without moving their lips. Uh, but I feel like I've done a fairly decent job of accomplishing uh, that. <laughs> and so I kind of even draw attention to it um, throughout, you know, so that I, such that I'm smiling and almost smirking a little bit as, as Mac uh, sings Bigger Isn't Better. So, um, yeah, Bigger Isn't Better is a song that Mac does. It's, it's uh, a showy song. It's a Broadway show, and it kind of has that... Matter of fact, that theme, that actual theme, is is that it's well, yeah, or it's utilized in the show, and it's actually in that song. So at the very end, bet your life, I'm glad I'm me. And when he sings that last, me, boom, kind of that happy, showy feeling. A song that I've used for. Oh, my goodness, ever since I was in high school, um, is Ragmop, which is, again, it's an old classic. Uh, and when I was doing ventriloquism in high school and, frankly, in junior high, I had a buddy who is a uh, ragtime pianist enthusiast. And his name is Scott Kirby. And today he's actually considered the leading Scott Joplin um, interpretist, uh, expert, expert um, and he is a, you know, a, a ragtime, well, he's not just ragtime, but he's a, he's a professional pianist, mm -hmm. uh, and performs all over the country. <clears throat> so Scott and I went to high school together, but, um, we thought it would be fun to do a song that would feature, you know, me showing off a little bit as a ventriloquist, uh, but also him as a ragtime pianist. And so we did rag mop, and he would um, jazz it up or rag, you know, really make it a yeah. ragtime kind of, you know, then, you know, whatever. It has that yeah. ragtime feel to it. And uh, the idea with rag mop is that it's the, it's a uh, sing and response. So it's R, R, I say R, A, I say R, A, R, A, G, R, A, G. And so I can do it back and forth between two different characters. So I use Mac, and then I have Buford the dog, <laughs> and Buford, you know, responds to Mac, um, and then has this little refrain in the middle that goes "Ragmop doodly yada yada." <laughs> so again, it's a silly little song, but um, it's an opportunity for me as a ventriloquist to show off a little bit. I I point out once again to Mac before he starts. Watch the M's and the P's; those are the more difficult letters. Mm. Um, and so. It's, again, it's one of those that, I don't want to say it fills time, but it, it, it enhances my act as, as a performer uh, because it gives me that opportunity to, you know, I keep using the, word, the phrase show off, but it's what you're doing yeah. when you're on stage, you know, you kind of, <laughs> that's what people want to see. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. They want to, they want to be impressed, mm -hmm. you know, and when I'm doing rag mop or biggers and better, I'm not getting laughs, yeah. um, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um you know, uh, hopefully they're smiling yeah, and, and exactly. they're enjoying it and they're, you know, um, 
they're engaging uh, through that part of it. <clears throat> Aunt Tilly, little old lady character, there's a little song that she does. She actually serenades a guy out of the audience. and come. Uh, I, I bring a guy up on stage and Aunt Tilly sits down on his shoulder and sings uh, Silver Threads Among the Gold, uh, which again is an old classic. Uh, Darling, I am growing old. And so it's actually my grandmother taught me that song. <laughs> and I still do it to this day. Um, and it's a little tribute actually to my grandmother every time I do it. What does music add to your show? And what is its function? And so again, the, the music elements that I use in my show are intended to be um, something that adds variety. Mm -hmm. Um, and a little bit of texture, if you will, to the act. Um, it's a little break from just, you know, set up and punch in terms of jokes and joke telling. Um, and for me as a ventriloquist, it's an opportunity to, as I keep saying, to show off a little bit, to, um, to demonstrate some vocal range, uh, not only as a as a speaker and as a joke teller and as a puppeteer, but um, also as a singer. Tell us a little bit about how music and your shows interact with other cultures. I actually have had the opportunity to travel to some uh, different places in the world and do my act. One place in particular was Albania, and um, I had the opportunity through a bizarre series of circumstances uh, where I ended up on Albanian national television and was invited to be a part of this this uh, show called the Spectac, like the spectacle. And it was indeed a spectacle. It was uh, just about anything you can imagine in this show from uh, bodybuilders to like, uh, you know, beauty contests. There was even woven into the show a little candid camera segment. Uh, and it was, it was hosted by two of the country's sort of big celebrities. And um, I was in the country as the show was being ready to go on, well, you know, was going to be produced. I was actually there in that country for a couple of weeks. And with very short notice, they saw what I did and they invited me to be in the show. And they put me in, like, the show, they, they added me in, I think at a time when everybody would have been watching it. It was like just before they did this um, giveaway, like a lottery giveaway. And so it's like if anybody's just tuning in for part of the show, they're going to tune in for that. And so that was when my segment was on. And I actually asked Linda, uh, my wife, to also join me in this section mm -hmm. and she had brought her flute with her and I said how about if I introduce you and you come out and you play the Albanian national anthem on the flute <laughs> and it and uh it they loved it yeah. uh and when we were in Albania it was shortly after the country opened to any outsiders at all and so it was an amazing opportunity. And I think also a reason why it was exciting for them to have this American couple on television, because Americans, frankly, in that country were hardly ever really seen. Uh, and this was a time when they were even opening up to getting broadcasts from other parts of the world on television. So uh, I asked around just for the... Uh, this segment because I wanted the segment to 
be something that would be they could easily connect with. I asked around among my Albanian friends, can you tell me a very simple song that every Albanian would know? And I said, something simple like that would be analogous to us, like row, row, row your boat. You know, you start that song, everybody knows that song, yeah. right? So they thought about it and they said, yeah, there's this, there's this song, it has, has to do with some guy that climbs up on a banana tree <laughs> uh, named... Uh, uh, Rafael Gafiko yeah, was the name of the song <laughs> and I have no idea what I was singing but they taught it to me in their Albanian language mm -hmm. and I'm Rafael Gafiko Gafiko Ranina Nani Opa yeah so anyway the character that I was using actually sang that song and it was really fun because um the audience immediately knew what I was singing and they started clapping along, you know, like singing along with it, which was exactly the response that I was hoping for because I had no idea, you know, how this Albanian audience was going to connect with me. There was the language barrier. And so I took the time to actually learn the song in their language uh, to make a connection with them. Songs uh, are, you know, they are like a glue in culture that kind of directly connects into your ethos, you know, into your emotion, into your heart. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for meeting with us today, David. We hope you have a great rest of your day. If you would like to find out more about David and his act, please visit www.anythingcantalk.com.